All right, continuing with our election campaign into the final days of it now, talking about what's been going on. And, um, you know, in this information age that we're living in, I think we're all well aware that the information age comes along with misinformation. Uh, And we've seen it play out in different ways, in different elections, and we know there's a bunch of different actors at play, right? There's foreign states that are involved in trying to influence campaigns and uh, some candidates. I mean, all kinds of things when we're in this world that we live in, we know that some of the things that we see and some of the things that we hear aren't true and are manipulated to try and influence people. And it's just, it's just a fact of life now. Um, how much did that play into this federal election campaign? Did we see a lot of it? Where was it coming from? Let's have that discussion. We are going to chat now with Carmen Celestini, who has been monitoring social media platforms and posts as part of the Simon Fraser University's disinformation project. Carmen, thank you so much for your time today. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me. So, as we've gone through the last four or five weeks of this federal election campaign and you're monitoring misinformation and things that are going on out there, uh, how was it? I mean, it's it's part of the world that we live in, but was it ramped up? Did we see a lot of it during this campaign? Um, We have seen quite a bit of it. Um, A lot of it is linked to conspiracy theories and, of course, with ideas of COVID and the lockdowns and what the ultimate meeting of those lockdowns mean. Um, Predominantly, we're seeing a lot of conversations about um, the conspiracy theory called the Great Reset, Mm -hmm. a lot of links to the New World Order and to um, malicious movements from the United Nations. And that's tied into COVID. This is sort of the way, this is the tool they're using to implement that. Yeah, a lot of the um, groups are actually using um, people who are anti-lockdown or believe that COVID is a hoax or anti-vaccination. They're using political memes to connect with them. So it may not have like the entire idea of what a conspiracy theory is or the disinformation, but it's a gateway to start a conversation and then the conversations expand. Yeah, and I think when, you know, like it or not, agree with them or not, the, the, the people who are really strongly anti-anything, right? Anti, mm-hmm. Anti-New World Order, anti-vax, anti-COVID, whatever the case may be. That is a, a group that if you're a politician and you can tap into that, they're angry and they're very motivated. They're very energetic. Definitely. It's a, it's a, a great gateway to actually get a voting populace. In a way, a politician can be perceived as their voice. So to believe in um, conspiracy theories or to be so strongly anti-something with the government, there has to be a notion of distrust with the institutions of society. And so if you can link into that and be their voice yeah. when they have felt disan- disin- sorry, um, disenfranchised or voiceless, you have a key demographic that you can use in the populace. Yeah, exactly, and a motivated one that you can definitely rely on to be rapidly in your corner. Um, what about voter fraud misinformation? I see that sometimes on, on the text line and from the audience talking about, you know, now that we're doing mail-in ballots, even though we've been doing them for a very, very long time. Um, yeah. Some of that same voter fraud information that uh, really tainted the United States during the last election has definitely spilled over into our country. Oh, for sure it has. I mean, you can see numerous memes and conversations about not using a pencil when you go in to vote to to ensure that you bring your own pen so that way someone can erase your vote. There's ideas, there was things floating around on the net that we were using Dominion voting machines because Dominion is based here in Toronto. And we don't use electronic voting machines. And you can actually see on um, Elections Canada Twitter account 
that they're responding to that and saying we don't use electronic voting machines. So those ideas have spilled over. There's quite a few sort of catchphrases and ideas that have definitely been picked up from the American elections and brought here into the discourse that's happening around our election this year. Do you track where this misinformation starts from? Because we always heard about, you know, Iran and Russia and China trying to influence it through social media in the United States particularly, but we know that um, Canadian intelligence was also saying, hey, this is a factor here too in our country. Do you track where this misinformation comes from? Um, We haven't seen anything of that yet, but that doesn't mean that it's not happening. We actually see a lot of very local um, and Canadian-grown candidates and people who support those candidates making those assertions um, across all of the media, uh, social media platforms. How, I mean, social media is so vast. The internet is so expansive. Trying to track all of it, how do you go about doing that? Do you think you have a pretty good handle on what's going on out there? And I'm thinking, you know, a lot of this targets immigrant communities, right? Where, you know, if, if, if we're fluent in French or English or something like that, a lot of this stuff happens and we may not be aware of it. Do you think that's an issue that we face? It is an issue that we face. Um, a lot of groups that are anti-immigration or who um, speak in, in hateful language against um, other communities, they actually, as I said, are using political memes where they're having those conversations and making it political about immigration rather than the inherent hateful conduct that's underneath that meme. And then they sort of gather that on. There's a lot of groups that talk about, um, so people who are anti-vaccination or anti-lockdowns, They refer to them as the normies, and they try to create some type of bridge between them to bring them into their their collective and into their groups. So we do see that happening online. Social media is very broad, um, but there is a difference between, you know, Twitter and, say, Telegram. Um, Telegram is much more unmoderated than Twitter is, but we can, through um, big data, download a lot of that information, and we can collect all of the tweets on following or Telegram hashtags and collect the hashtags and get all of the information across the the social media. Going into this federal election campaign, like I say, uh, you know, we were told by government officials and by intelligence officials that this is something we need to be aware of. This is happening, trying to influence Canadian elections. Has our government effectively planned for this, tried to protect it uh, in some way? I mean, I don't know what they can do, but what, what kind of steps has the government taken to try and minimize the impact this misinformation can have? Well, I think that um, we can see um, some politicians responding to the, the disinformation, responding to the conspiracy theories. We can see other politicians actually sort of like fanning the flames of that. Um, we can see institutions like Elections Canada speaking directly to the disinformation right. that's out there. I mean, there's a very fine line between, you know, censorship and, and you know, allowing people to speak. So, I mean, I think that that's a fine line that eventually we will have to look at, but we have to pay attention to these voices underneath conspiracy theories and disinformation are people's feelings of injustice, that something is wrong, they're questioning things. And I think that when we dismiss those voices, we can see that they can roll up together and become like, you know, a snowball effect and affect politics. And, you know, as in the case of January 6th, it can have very intense implications. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and uh, and it's, like you say, it is so, so hard to stop. And, and, um, and I don't know, it's an interesting discussion. I appreciate you joining us this morning, Carmen. Thank you very much. Thank you. That is Carmen Celestini.
who uh, has been monitoring social media platforms and posts as part of the Simon Fraser University's disinformation project. Interesting discussion, and we all see it. We, we, we all know it's out there. 